Michael Duke Show. I have two guns, one for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my little friend! I say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. Michael Kinshaw. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms. From my cold, dead hands. Friday. That's right. Firearms Friday, your chance to sound off on issues of a two-way nature right here on the Michael Duke Show, uh, broadcasting live across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or translator and around the world on the Internet at MichaelDukeShow.com, as well as Facebook and Twitch this morning. No YouTube, maybe on Monday. I think the I think the ban I think the ban is lifted on Monday. I got a one week ban for hosting David Kodria from the War on Guns blog on the program last week from YouTube. Um and uh because of his mention of um Dr. John Lott's new study, which is ironic because we had just talked to Dr. Lott, what, two weeks ago, three weeks ago about that same study in passing. But because it touched on the 2020 elections uh, and and raised some questions about uh, uh, some voter stuff on that, apparently YouTube did not like that. And uh, it uh, dropped the ban hammer on me for a week. So we'll see what happens. We'll see. We'll see where that goes. I got other. We got other outlets, I guess, that we can work with. But um, we'll be watching, and we'll see. We'll see what happens from there. Um, but we should be returning to YouTube on Monday or Tuesday of next week, and uh, it'll give us. It just gives us another outlet to uh, to talk about. All right. Meanwhile, <clears throat> today is all about firearms and gun discussion, Second Amendment stuff, and so much more. And we're seeing the tech industry right now. They are, um, well, they're in the midst of a freakout, uh, okay, over uh, over kind of this idea of free speech. Uh, Elon Musk has really stirred the pot uh, this last week, not only with a purchase of a majority share, in Twitter, but then he decided that that wasn't enough, that it wouldn't get the job done in trying to fix what's wrong with that platform. And so he then offered 40 plus million dollars to uh, to uh, uh, to purchase the whole thing outright. And um, everybody in the world collectively lost their mind. Not everybody, but a lot of the people who were like, oh, um, I saw a I saw a. Uh, comment on facebook yesterday i think that said uh, uh that said something along the lines of uh you know in this day and age what we need uh with the deregulation of potential deregulation and opening the floodgates of twitter what we really need is more comment moderation not not less which i, I just i can't i can't wrap my brain around this 
um, you know, again, my comment is always that the idea of um, the idea that the, the, the speech you don't agree with, the speech you say is wrong or hurtful or misleading, the answer to speech like that is always more speech, not less. Uh, and yet it seems like that there are those on the left who basically just say, no, no, we don't want to hear any speech that we disagree with. We don't want to sharpen our arguments. We don't want to have to defend where we're at. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's, it was Max Boot at the Washington Post. Is that who it was? Thanks, Brian. Uh, I saw the, I saw the comment a couple times uh, yesterday on, uh, on Facebook, and uh, it's a little disturbing. I mean, especially if he is a, uh, uh, especially if he works for the Washington Post. I mean, he's supposed to be a, a report, a free speech advocate, right? That's what's supposed to be happening. You're supposed to be a free speech advocate, and uh, it, uh, it's, it is, it very, very, very frustrating to watch this, uh, uh, to watch this happen. But um, yeah. It is, uh, yeah, here's the tweet. I'm concerned about what Elon Musk's takeover bid means, not just for Twitter, but for our democracy. Anyone who thinks that the problem with social media is too much and too much content moderation rather than, than too little should not own one of the most powerful platforms. So we need, we have too little, too little content Modification. Now, I, I don't know if you've also seen this, of course, but um, there's uh, there are some side by side comparisons to some of the different stories that came out when Jeff Bezos bought the uh, Washington uh, uh, was New York Times or Washington Post. I can't remember which one he owns, whichever one he owns. Um, it it was a side by side um, comparison of the headlines from the news story. And the one from uh, when uh, when Bezos bought the newspaper was, you know, he makes lateral moves to, I don't know, help the world. It wasn't quite that positive, but that was a thing. And then the other one was Elon Musk uh, looks to buy Twitter for a third of the price of what Bezos paid for the newspaper. And it's like, uh, you know, basically Elon Musk is evil and trying to take over the world. I mean, these are the two different headlines on this kind of stuff. They are terrified on Elon Musk kind of libertarian perspective on a lot of this stuff. Um, it's, it's just crazy. It is just some crazy stuff, but this is the world we live in right now where everything is just, uh, you know, we can't have any kind of discussion. We can't talk about things that we disagree with the Washington post. Thank you. Uh, uh thank you, uh, Donna. Um, but it, this is just the world we live in. And then on top of that, you got the Muppet in Chief up there on Monday who sat down and decided that he was finally going to do something about guns. And he sat up there in the Rose Garden or wherever he was and decided to sound off and, uh, and start telling us how we were doing it wrong and what he was going to do about it because Congress was just refusing to act. And so the president has to put out these executive orders and uh, to do things through basically through deeming rules and other things uh, without any kind of congressional oversight. 
And the president released a whole new set of rules that revolve around the idea of ghost guns. That's right. Ghost guns. Which are nothing more than guns that are manufactured by uh, private citizens who have to follow, still have to follow all the rules. They still have to put serial numbers on them. They still have to do all that kind of stuff. They just don't have to register them with the government. Now, state and local rules still apply. So somebody who's in, say, you know, a, a high a high uh, gun control area like Chicago or New York, they are further restricted from being able to make ghost guns. This is just the national level stuff. Um, but it, it, the, the fact sheet preceding the publication of the rule is so confusing um, and it uh, it basically it raises it sinks more questions than um, than it than it answers at this point. Uh, according to an article from JD to Chile over at Reason magazine, the, um, the 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 new rules they just aren't sure what they mean. There's uncertainty that poses huge challenges for manufacturers, vendors, and Anybody who's actually trying to establish what's legal and what's not. Uh, they interviewed Cody Wilson, of course, who is the head of Ghost Gunner uh, Defense Distributed. Um, he anticipated more or less an explicit ban on so-called uh, 80% receivers. Um, but instead, the new rules consumed a lot of pages look like they're mostly going after the basic end of the do-it-yourself market. Uh, he said, it looks like there's room to still sell 80% receivers, especially ones that have had determination letters, but they aren't saying that they're grandfathering those determination letters. Now, a determination letter is a letter from the ATF determining that the product that you are trying to buy or sell is, in fact, legal under the code of law. Uh, and usually when they set these rules, they grandfather that stuff in. So it looks like everybody's going to have to resubmit their product for determination once more. Um, and, and the, the final, here's the thing. The final rule bans the business of manufacturing the most accessible ghost guns, such as unserialized buy build, uh, build kits that individuals can buy online or at a store without a background check and can readily assemble into a working firearm in as little as 30 minutes with equipment that they have at home. Well, anybody who's ever built a gun knows that it takes a lot more than 30. Hell, I could have all the parts in front of me. I mean, like, not I had to build the receiver, but I could have a pile of parts in front of me, including a pre-made serialized receiver, and sometime it still takes me more than 30 minutes to build it, right? I mean, this is this is the insane. This is the parroting that we see from the um, from the news media. Oh, you could build a gun in your home in as little as 30 minutes. Um if you were a machinist, maybe, and had a uh, and had a full machine shop at your disposal uh, and had years of betting, you might be able to do it in 30 minutes. Uh, we interviewed J.D. Tuchilli on uh, Reason uh, from Reason here. I don't know. This was probably five, six, eight months ago after he built the project with his kid. Uh, he built a ghost gun at home with his kid. It took him all weekend. This is not something you just pop down into the basement after 30 minutes, have a beer and make yourself a gun. I mean, this is something that, I mean, it it takes a while when it's all said and done. 
Um, the uh, ATF maintains and continues to maintain that a partially completed frame or receiver alone is not a frame or receiver if it still requires a certain a performance of certain machining operations. So they're saying that you know these blank blocks of steel or polymer, those are still probably okay. Those are still not um, uh, are still not a uh, a firearm in the idea of the uh, of the ATF. Uh, they add that the new restrictions, though, would apply if the partial frame or receiver is indexed or dimpled to indicate where to drill, because many of these lower 80% receivers, they've got holes, guide holes drilled into them so you can put them in a jig and do the work yourself. So that would be illegal. You're just going to get a block of whatever. Um, the, you know, you, you, a block with no index holes or anything else. Uh, or through the aggregation of a template or jig with a partially completed frame or receiver. So the aggregation of it, meaning they are sold together. So if they sell you a blank piece of metal or a blank piece of polymer with a template or a jig to do it, then that would be illegal. Now, if you buy them separately, does that make it? <laughs> I mean, what do you, I mean, <sighs> this is so crazy. So crazy. Uh, the Ghost Gunner, of course, uh, which I was talking about earlier, is Cody Wilson's desktop CNC machine. That's starting to look more and more like a like a like a smart investment. What is it? A couple thousand bucks, and you could take a blank thing, and it'll basically do all the work for you. It'll mill the entire receiver out for you. Now, not everybody's convinced that the ATF rules leave an opening for the existing 80% receivers on the market to continue. That's because the agency dumps its old guidance with regard to the unfinished components and creates untested new terminology and leaves an awful lot of interpretation for federal bureaucrats. And we know that, of course, they're always on your side. Don't worry. Those federal bureaucrats, they will, uh, they will always opt to make it less confusing for you, right? Always find it. No, no. Look, there's a lot of stuff in here. Oh, including the fact that now the FFLs will now have to hold the records of their transfers. Instead of having a 20-year window, FFLs were required to keep their records of the 4473s for 20 years. The other thing was is that the, the Biden administration decided to make that indefinite. So essentially creating a de facto gun registry by and putting all the and putting all the burden on the gun dealers that's the other one anyway with all the stuff that's in there there is something that everyone does agree on the new rules are going to end up in court uh acknowledgments from the atf say based on the comments received in the opposition to this rule because there was vociferous opposition to the rule there's a reasonable possibility that this rule will be subject to litigation challenges <laughs> That's what they, I mean, they say this in the fact sheet. The ATF acknowledges that it's going to go to court. Um, Cody Wilson agrees that a lot of people are going to sue, as does people, uh, folks from the uh, Firearms Policy Coalition. The fact that individuals with deep knowledge in firearms and applicable laws have widely different interpretations of the government's language probably necessitates courtroom drama so that somebody can hammer out what those words actually mean. This from J.D. Tuchilli. Now, the uh, finalized rule, the president announced them on Monday. As of Wednesday afternoon, they still had not been published in the Federal Register, but they will take effect 120 days after that. 
So it looks like there are going to be some, it looks like it's going to be some exciting time in Beantown. That's what's going on. Uh, we will continue to talk about this on the other side, including, including some new discussion on how this is just the start. The just the start of what the Muppet in Chief wants to, I mean, the president wants to do here. We'll continue in just a moment. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, we're in the uh, we're in the break right now. Um, somebody called and uh, <laughs> building from scratch or assembling parts. I mean, look, if I've got a good AR, it'll take me uh, or an AK. Uh, it it'll take me up to thirty minutes just to put it together with parts. Let alone if I had to actually manufacture the firearm, the frame, or the receiver. 30 minutes? <sighs> I can build a gun in 30 minutes, sure. Am I going to be holding it when I fire the first rounds out of it? Hell no. <laughs> when, you, when your psychiatrist asks you, are the ghost guns in the room with us now? <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh um wife and I are headed to Vegas for a vacation soon. We're going to the Battlefield Vegas gun range. Oh man, that sounds like uh that sounds like a, a fun time to be had by all. A fun time to be had by all. Uh good morning, good morning, good morning. Sounds like a Supreme Court suit in the works, said Terry. Well, some of the some of the senators are already working on that. We'll talk about that here in a minute. We must regulate the regulations that regulate the regulations that are regulated. That pretty much sums up the entirety of what's going on right now, Dwayne. I think that pretty much that pretty much is it right there. I mean, this whole thing is just they're just a, the the regulations themselves are just clear as not the regulations, but the the rules are just clear as mud. I mean, when you get people from both sides of the uh you know, when you got people from both sides of the aisle who have got uh, not of the aisle philosophy, but you got people all across the gun community who are coming up with these, again, widely different interpretations of what they're reading. It probably means that somebody's got to figure out exactly what they were trying to do. Um, I had a buddy attempt the 80 percent build and tried to use just a drill press did not turn out well. I mean, that's the thing. Oh, yeah, we're just 30 minutes. You can turn out on your kitchen table with just the tools you have in your house. OK, well, how many of you have a drill press? 20 percent of you have a drill press. I mean, you'd need at least a drill press to get it done to make sure that it's done properly. You can't really do it with a hand drill. Maybe you could do it with a Dremel if you were like super, but it would take you a lot longer than 30 minutes. 
Uh, it's just, it's ridiculous, but everybody buys into it. That's the thing. The news media is like just lapping it up. Oh, you could build it in 30. And then the next guy, oh, 30 minutes. Oh, 29 minutes. I can, you know, ooh. And it just goes on from there. Having no idea, it, having no idea exactly what they're talking about, but repeating it because somebody else said it. Which goes back again to the ghost gun and the ghost gun data that we're going to talk about here in a minute. Uh, we've also got a line on hold, and uh, I hadn't opened up the phone lines, but they were on. So let's see who's there so we can talk to them when we get back. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is Jason and Seward. Hello, Jason and Seward. You want to hold the line? I'll be right back to you, okay? Don't go anywhere. Uh, and we'll, yep. uh, we'll, yes, we'll join with you here as soon as... As soon as we get back to the radio, we'll join with you here. Um, all right. Um, uh, the Vatican is threat Sweden with nuclear retaliation if they join NATO. Uh, yeah, uh, Sweden and Finland both joining NATO because they're looking at what's going on with Russia and they're very, very nervous. So <clears throat> I think it has had the exact opposite effect, uh, opposite effect that Putin, um, that Putin, uh, um, anticipated let's put it that way uh there's a lot of things you could go over with that okay um 40 seconds i guess is where we're at right now so we'll just uh, we'll just rejoin the radio how about that how about that um like and share this show like and follow the show page and uh make sure that you uh hit the subscribe button ring the bell and hit follow on twitch all right here we go the Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. There are a lot more dangerous things you can build in five minutes. Ain't that the truth? I got, I got it right here. It's totally the truth. All right, here we go. Jumping into it. Let's, let's do it. All right, uh, continuing now, Firearms Friday. Uh, we were just talking about the president's new gun regs, and especially on uh, on uh, 80% uh, lowers and things like that, um, and some of the just how ridiculous this whole thing is. But if that's not enough, what about some of the data they're talking about? Because, you know, ghost guns have become the hot topic, right? So why all of a sudden are we talking about something we've been doing since before the country's inception? People just building their own firearms because they needed to. Um, we'll get into that here in just a second. Where did this data come from? And again, this goes back to the 30-minute thing where, oh, you can build a gun in 30 minutes. And somebody says it, and then some other buddy quotes them saying it. And then the third person quotes both of them saying it. Nobody ever bothers to go back and actually check the data. We'll talk about that here in a minute. Uh, but first, let's go over to the phones. Uh, since it is uh, Firearms Friday and gun Q&A all day is in place, Jason is down in Seward. And uh, let's see what uh, he has to say this morning. Good morning, sir. What's on your mind? Hey, good morning, Michael. Um, yeah, I was just listening to your show this morning about the gun stuff. And uh, uh -huh. do you ever notice that uh, every government-run uh, entity with a three-letter acronym 
uh, like IRS, CIA, FBI, ATF, you know, the list goes on. It's pretty much uh, trying to infringe on everybody's rights. And um, I just was listening to your gun thing, and, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what laws they pass or anything like that. It's none of their business. It all goes back to the Second Amendment, and uh, don't infringe on me. It's none of their business. Right. Well, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, but they've gotten away with it. That's the problem, Jason, is that they've gotten away with infringing on it for 150 years. And so people now, a lot of them are just inured to it. They're like, oh, yeah, of course, we have to be safe. And, you know, now if they put the same restrictions on, say, the freedom of speech or something like that, more people would be up in arms about it. Although some people would be just fine with it, as we've seen in this whole discussion with Elon Musk and Twitter. But yeah, I mean, it's just an inch by inch thing. Here's where we're at. And you could see exactly where it's going. It's going to essentially overall government control on pretty much everything that they you know, that we want to do, because they have the perfect vision of utopia for us. If only we would get with the program. Well, like, yeah, you're right. Like you said, they just chip away, you know, here and there, a little piece here, a little piece there. And, you know, people are uh, ignorant not to realize it. And uh, they just keep doing it until it's it's total uh, confiscation, which is the bad part. Well, that's the yeah, that's the ultimate goal is confiscation. And then only the elites or people or the only ones, the special, the police or people who've got juice and connections can then have firearms. And then we don't have to worry about it, because then if we did that, then there would be no crime. Right. I mean, right, Jason? I mean, if they took all the guns away, there would be no more crime. There would be none of that stuff. You wouldn't see a thing. Yeah, those gun-free zones really work. Um, there's going to be a line drawn in the sand one of these days, and it's, I think it's going to be pretty bad. I mean, there's still a lot of good red-blooded Americans out there that uh, stand up for their rights and uh, have values and are not going to put up with this crap no longer. Yeah. I like, I'm pretty uh, happy about what Elon Musk is doing also with the Twitter team, and hopefully that goes through. And, uh, we can shut some of these... Uh, big corporate elites down that like to shut everybody up. No, I mean, I agree. And I think, you know, look, it, it goes back to the old axiom that, you know, we've heard. Uh, I mean, I heard when I was a kid and uh, and I'm sure it was probably predates me by a good bit. But basically, the axiom was when guns are outlawed, only outlaws will have guns. Now, whether that's because criminals, whether that's because criminals will break the law no matter what and they're going to get a gun no matter what, or whether the government forces law-abiding citizens to basically break the law to be able to defend themselves, I mean, either one of those statements are still true. When guns are outlawed, only outlaws will have, you know, does that mean that we will become outlaws because we refuse to comply? Maybe. Does it mean only the bad guys will have guns, you know? Yeah, you look at these uh, liberal states uh, with these liberal DAs that are being funded by George Soros, um, and they're just, it doesn't matter what crime you commit, they're back on the street in a couple of days, maybe even less than 24 hours. Um, they're not going to show up to court. They don't care. They're just going to keep doing what they do. And uh, Gun violence, they don't care. Um, it's, the, it's the people that obey the law that are getting hurt. Yeah, well, that they're the ones that always pay the price in these kind of situations, whether it's guns or some other regulations where there's been a bad actor that's done something bad. Uh, the law-abiding citizens are the ones that end up eventually paying the price because they are law-abiding. 
citizens. I mean, the average American wants to do the right thing. The average American, you know, in total, it, you know, is a, is a is a rule follower and a law follower. Uh, what you've got is you've got these aberrations of people who don't want to follow the law. They don't want to file, you know, follow society's norms. They've decided to break the law. And if you think that just one more law, because that's always what we hear, right? This New York shooting. First thing that comes out of the mouth of uh, people from every town and everything. Oh, we need more gun. Show me where another gun law would have fixed this. Show me. It, right. it, what gun law would have stopped it? Yeah. It was already illegal to own a gun in New York without a special permit. It was already illegal to carry that gun on the on the uh, transit system. And it's definitely illegal to shoot people with a gun. So show me where one more law would have fixed this. Yeah, you know what? That's correct. My, you know, my wife said when Biden was making his big spiel about ghost guns and picking up his little revolver or whatever he had there and showing the media. She's like, you watch. There's going to be a shooting there within the next couple of days. And what do you know? The next day, boom. <laughs> and and what do you know? The cameras weren't working in the subway either. Imagine that. Yeah, imagine. Like an Epstein thing. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait. Are you saying this might be a false flag? I'm just asking. Uh, you know, look. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, stranger things have occurred in history, but we we just don't know. All we got to do is, is, like you said, we're just going to keep fighting for what we got. Everything they're talking about at this point is an infringement. The studies are now showing and the polls are now showing that the American people have lost their appetite for gun control. Only the elites seem to be the ones that are pushing this. And I guess we'll have to see where this is. Uh, well, you know, we'll, we'll see where this goes. But uh, Terry in the chat room is right. The U.S. government appears to be slowly trying to turn law-abiding citizens into criminals. And that will, you know, based on history, that's not going to end well. Well. Yeah, that's correct. So, yeah, well, let's just hope the midterms go well and things flip around in this country. We'll I'm hoping for it. We'll we'll see. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic, but then again, what the vote harder scenario? So we're going to put the other half of the bird. You know, we got the left wing of the bird in there now. Now we're going to put the right wing in the bird and expect them to do. I mean, look at, for example, this ghost gun thing, Jason. This ghost gun thing and all these yeah. new deeming rules that the president is coming out with, quite honestly, can all be laid back at the feet of President Trump. Why? He was the first president to go in and change the deeming rules over the whole bump stock thing, and then they took it to court and it got upheld. So if he hadn't done that, yeah. Yeah. we wouldn't be facing this today. He's the same guy that said after the Parkland shooting and the red flag over the red flag laws, well, we'll just take the guns and worry about due process later. I don't care if they've got an elephant or a donkey on their lapel. They're all part of the problem at this point. Yeah, I remember him saying that. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. that's true. It's, uh, I don't know. It's hard to say what's going to happen, but... It can't get any worse. Well, it could get any worse. Right <laughs> don't, now, yeah, don't, don't say it that. That's so. that's like watching a horror movie and saying, I'll be right back. Uh, <laughs> it, can't, yeah, exactly. it can't get worse. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Jason. I appreciate your call. Thanks for sounding off this morning on the program. Um, all right, that uh, we got all we got all four lines open here at four three three thirty one fifty. If you'd like to uh, sound off this morning and be part of it, uh, but I mean that's exactly it. You know, we're all we're all hoping that things are going to change in the midterm, right? I mean, I'm I definitely am hoping, but I'm not expecting some kind of miracle to happen. Why? Because a lot of the problems that we have today can go straight back to some of those same Republican voices. I mean, I remember in 2004, 
I remember sitting in the studio in 2004 in KFAR. This is back in the day. Uh, and I was watching the uh, was watching the, the presidential debates or whatever it was that we were watching and talking about. And um, it had to do not wasn't uh, it had to do with the um, expiration of the assault weapons ban. Right. 1994 to 2004, the 10 year expiration. And it was looking good. It was looking like, yep, nope, there's not enough. There's not enough interest. There's not enough impetus to change this uh, or to uh, to extend it. And so it's going to go away. And then you got President George H.W. Bush standing up on the stage basically saying, well, you know, guys, if you if you uh, if you get this to me, I'll sign it. Yeah, if you get it to me, I'll sign it. <laughs> uh, I mean, basically telling them you put it on. I won't veto it. Our Republican freedom-loving president, W, right? Oh, if you get these here, I'll sign. You get me that assault weapons ban, I'll sign it. And again, Trump and his comments on due process and the red flag laws, and then the attack on the bump stocks and everything else, which I don't care about bump stocks, but it's the fact that, again, you have a president changing the way that we do business and the way that we you know, pr- promulgate laws and regulations, and it was the first time it was done in that way, and then they went to court and it was upheld. He opened the door for that kind of stuff. So... Again, the answer is, you know, what if I told you that the left wing and right wing were both part of the same bird? Right? That's what I'm talking about. They're all part of the problem. Over here. Uh, good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This would be Brian from The Hook. Hello, Mr. Brian. What's happening, my friend? Oh, I'm hoping another pot of coffee will clear this fog from my head and hoping the ad will kick in and it'll be a good day. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> I would call and do a, I don't know, a range report of sorts. We oh. haven't done one of those in a while. Okay, hit me with it. So, so anyway, for my birthday, uh, number one wife, with just a bit of prodding and backdoor hinting using my offspring, um, got me a Laser Academy training kit, the standard variety from Malta. And I, so far, I would say I'm pretty pleased with it. It gives me something to sort of break up my uh, my workday. I mean, it's got coffee break. I'm going, I don't know, click off a couple hundred rounds um, in my in my office. Right. Uh, you get basically the laser the laser uh, cartridge for your your weapon, um, a couple tripods, a bunch of targets and target holders. Um, and you just hook your iPhone up to it and uh, download the app, and you can go. And I think the, the really the interesting thing is that I have found that I'm a lot better with my left hand than uh, than I thought I was, especially if I you know use like a isosceles uh, isosceles stance. I'm pretty good with my left hand, which I didn't realize I was all my other attempts with the uh, the left hand was <laughs> embarrassing. So anyway, yeah, I would say it was, it was a it was a good investment. The little um, the big tripod they give you is kind of kind of junk, um, but uh, and and the one holder is kind of junk. But the the I have my own you know, tripod, so it was it adapted perfectly, and it's been a really useful tool. It's uh, helped me kind of work on some uh, some problems with my uh, my trigger finger, getting it right on the trigger and getting right. it consistent. And, uh, 
It's yeah, it's been a good good investment. No, and I love that. I mean, dry fire training is the important part, and this uh, the laser academy kit is basically a dry firing kit where it puts the laser pointer in the barrel of your firearm, and you're able to practice by shooting targets, and it registers on your phone uh, where you're hitting and what you're doing. Um, and uh, it's something that I've wanted for a while. Um, and uh, yeah, I've I'm glad to hear that it's the real deal. I was worried that it may have been like you said, kind of junky, but uh, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, actually getting one here this year and getting a chance. It, it basically saves me a lot of ammo. Uh, and uh, I do malfunction drills and everything else, but being able to actually dry fire and see what you're doing with it and see the hits and see how you can correct yourself sounds like a pretty a pretty sweet deal. Like 150 bucks or something like that, right? Yeah, 150 bucks. Um if you you know go for the full the full uh, standard kit, um, I can say the tripod that they give you is really not worth worth much. It doesn't it doesn't stay up. The typical iPhone's a little too heavy for it. But okay. if you have a regular uh, if you have your own you have your own tripod, um, it works really well. Okay. Well, and thank. It's, yeah, I I just say it was, it was worth the money. All right, Brian. Well, thank you for uh, thank you for giving us the uh, range report on that. We appreciate that. I love hearing it. Thank you, my friend. Enjoy your next pot of coffee, okay? Thank you, sir. All right. Uh, we're going to be back with more. The Michael Duke Show continues. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. What is that? Common Sense, regularly heard on American radio. Okay, we are in the break right now. I had to turn that down. Uh, in the break. Yeah, I'd seen these Academy shooting kits, and there have been a couple other ones that have done this kind of stuff too. Um, what practice kit was that? It was the... Laser Academy training kit. Boom, right there. Here you go. Google search. All good. Uh, it looks like the $99 one doesn't come with the... The big one comes with the tripod and everything, but the littler one is... Let's see. Midway USA. Uh, portable kit, 99 Oh, it does come with a tripod. A little tripod. Um, but this gives you the chance to basically... Uh, it's a little dry fire thing. Um, but it puts the laser, you know, basically in your bore of your pistol and you get the chance to open shooting multiple targets, all that kind of stuff. You can duel yourself, um, develop speed and accuracy, holster draw shoots from the holster. Um, I mean, it's kind of, it, it looks, it looks kind of fun, quite honestly. I mean, it's not just like, I mean, but. It's cool. So, uh, the Laser Academy, uh, $99 from, uh, $99 from Midway USA. Uh, and they, people like that. Um, yeah, a lot of people are complaining that the tripod is junk <laughs> in the comment section. I just looked at the reviews and they're like, nope, that tripod is junk. Okay, good. Well, just give me the top part. I've got my own tripod. I don't have to, you don't have to worry about that. Uh, but that sounds like a hell of a lot of fun. Hella fun. Hella fun. Um, all right. 
Uh, do you have to cycle the firearm to actually dry fire? I don't know. Brian's in the chat room. He can tell you whether you have to cycle the firearm to actually dry fire. I would think so, but I, I don't know. Otherwise, how are you know it's going to, I mean, it's got to, the firing pin's got to fire the laser, right? Otherwise, it's a lightsaber. It's just the laser on all the time. Um, anybody try out the virtual shooting at the outdoor show last week in Fairbanks? I wanted to, and I kept to, and uh, I never got to. Uh, I never got a chance to go over there. I wanted to, although I have used those. Uh, I have used those type of uh, uh, simulators before. Donna Anthony has one down in Wasilla here that is uh, very similar to the one that Compo had up there in Fairbanks. It's pretty damn cool. Um, okay. Uh, what else we got here? Uh, important to practice, uh, offhand shooting says Jeannie. Yes. Uh, convention of the States. Uh, the U S government is slowly turning law abiding people into criminals. Yeah. Uh, I could put together a fully complete AR in 30 seconds, but I have to machine it. I'm too OCD to slam it together in 30 minutes. You give me a pile of parts. I mean, buffers, tubes, springs, stocks, everything else. I mean, if you just said, here's all the parts and, and trigger the, you know, trigger group, all that stuff, it'd take me more than 30 minutes to put it together. I'll be honest with you. Now, I mean, just simple breakdown field stripping. Sure, I can field strip the hell out of an AR or an AK in in you know thirty you know in thirty minutes. I'm done. But again, if you want me to, here's the parts. Here's the huge pile of parts. Go. It'll take me more than thirty minutes to put it together. I mean, that's just it. Um. So I, I again, it's just a lie oft repeated becomes the truth. A lie once repeated, um, it becomes a truth. And that's what we're facing here on this stuff. There's also a company called Dry Fire Magazine that resets your striker-fired pistol so you don't have to rack the slide each time. Ooh. Ooh. What? Say what? Dry Fire Mag uses your own gun and installs in seconds. Insert the mag and practice anywhere. Um... Training magazine for Glock 40, 40, 47. I like it. I like it a lot. Oof, 104 bucks. Ooh, baby. Oh, man. That's not a cheap date, is it? That is not a cheap date. $104. (laughs) Ow. Dang, I might rack the slide a few more times. I'm just saying. I might rack I might rack the slide just once or twice for that $100 mag. Ow. Ow. Okay. Well, it is what it is. I'll post that up as well. You guys can take a look at that. Uh, happy Firearms Friday to you. All right. Um well, $104 is is still cheap compared to the price of ammo. And yes, you know, it's only the cost of four mags. So what are you going to do? But all right. <clears throat> hey, I'm just complaining, man. Just complaining. That's what I'm doing. You guys ready to go? Let's jump into it. The Michael Duke Show Common Sense Radio. 
boy, how quickly the worm has turned. I complained about the price of something, and everybody in the chat room's like, well, have you seen ammo costs? Have you done? I know, I know. We were just talking about the range report for that uh, Mantis Laser Academy system that Brian was talking about, and somebody, the, the only downside to it is because the laser is in the bore of the of your pistol, you have to cycle the slide every time to get it to, uh, you know, to get it to, uh, to, to click every time, right? To reset the trigger. Uh, and then, so somebody in the chat room said, oh, there's a, there's a, there's a uh, magazine that you can use called dry fire mag that basically, uh, reset your trigger every time you don't ever have to. And I'm like, oh, well, let me go look at this. And then I was like, it's 105 bucks. But then again, that's really only the cost of four regular mags or, or, you know, have you looked at how much, that's like, that's like two and a half, three boxes of ammo, I guess, range ammo at that point. I mean, stuff is expensive. I mean, I'll be the first, I told somebody this last weekend at the gun show, I was like, yeah, you know, I, I haven't been actually shooting on a live range in about four or five years because the ammo has been so hard to get. I still do dry firing. I still do that kind of training, but I mean, my God, I can't, I can't, um, um, I can't uh, afford to go to the range more than anything else. 20, Jimmy says, we took the boys out for the range this week. Uh, amazing how fast $200 in ammo goes like 20 minutes. Was that two hundred dollars worth of fun? Well, absolutely. But would you do it again every weekend? No, because again, trying to go out and find it—I mean, oof, oof—it doesn't take much. Doesn't take much, especially when you know five five six is a thousand dollars for a thousand rounds. A buck around, a buck around doesn't take long. Um, so anyway, uh, some cool stuff. Cool stuff as well. There was another uh, training tool called the uh, Pink Rhino. Uh, it's got a huge number of positive ratings, and it essentially is a dry fire. Uh, it's a snap cap for dry fire training. And uh, you put it in there, and it's got a snap cap buffer on it, and it, it, it's got the little laser on it. And it's got a huge number of uh, positive reviews. Um, as well, but it doesn't have the integration like the, the laser Academy thing, which I like the feedback. I like to be able to see it on target. Um, it's, 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 it's good stuff. All right. Um, so good morning to all of you. Welcome back to the program. It is firearms Friday and we are continuing on our discussions, uh, about, uh, the president's new rules on ghost guns. And on the ATF, now FFLs are going to have to hold on to their paperwork indefinitely instead of only a 20-year window. There's arguments now that that makes it a de facto gun registry, which I think is a valid argument. We've seen the government try to do this over the years uh, where they're trying to do that. The most interesting thing, though, is how much the ghost guns have become the boogeyman over the last couple of years, right? I mean, remember before, I mean, we really didn't, talk much about it uh the 3d printing community came up with some of that stuff and you know we saw some of that but overall we really you know it wasn't it wasn't a it wasn't a thing uh but the last couple of years ghost guns have become a real threat right ghost guns ghost guns 
They're in the room with you now. I mean, that it, it, it just seems like it's the new boogeyman is the ghost guns. Although people in America have been making homemade guns since, well, before the revolution. And they've been legal. Um, so even though the president is just trying to crack down on these these weapons, the question is, how much of his effort to go after all these ghost guns, the homemade guns, is based on legitimate information? The Truth About Guns had an article on this here recently where they were talking about this, and they said the entire ghost gun drama was started by Carlos Canino, the former special agent in charge of the ATF's Los Angeles field office. In 2020, anti-gun activists asked Canino about the prevalence of homemade firearms in California. An earlier study had said about 30% of the guns recovered by the ATF in California were unserialized or ghost ghost guns. But Canino said the real number was actually much higher. 41%, he said, so almost half our cases we're coming across are these ghost guns. Now, okay, that's what he said. That was all it took. A second story by the Second Amendment Foundation's investigative journalism project published last week showed that the ATF cannot verify Canino's comments. According to SAF, I contacted the Los Angeles Field Division earlier today after your initial email and their public information officer was unable to verify any figures provided in 2019 by former SAC Canino without knowing the time periods he used for his comments. So then my buddy Tom Knighton over Bearing Arms uh, reached out to the ATF and uh, he said... uh, After the story was published, a staff member for a U.S. congressman came forward. This whistleblower, who asked that their name be withheld from publication, revealed even more problems about the ATF's ghost gun statistics. The staff member had asked the U.S. Justice Department for ghost gun data since both the ATF and the Bureau of Justice Statistics fall under DOJ purview. Because it's not currently a federal crime to own either a homemade firearm or a braced pistol, DOJ claims they do not have accurate comprehensive databases to track their use in crimes. They compiled information from state and local law units, but that information is only as good as what is reported, according to the whistleblower. I mean, this again, ATF cannot provide a number of recovered crime guns that were privately made. For a number of reasons, ATF does not believe that the number of privately made firearms that has been reported to ATF could be indicative of or representative of the number of privately made firearms actually recovered by law enforcement. They have no idea. But because Canino said it and the news media ran with it, the next thing you know, it's a problem. A lie oft repeated can often be confused with the truth. All right. I have 90 seconds before I'm out of time for the show. I'm going to talk to the callers real quick. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Uh, Good morning, Mr. Dukes. This is Mike calling from Fairbanks. How are you? Good, Mike. Hey, can you hold on through the top of the hour? You want to call me back? We got 60 seconds here, so I'll have you hold on here. We'll go over to the next caller. Good morning, caller. Who's this? Where are you calling from? 
Hey, Mike, how you doing? It's Fred in Rhode Island. How you been? Hey, Fred, how are you? I'm going to have you hold as well because I want to talk to both of you, but uh, I literally have less than 60 seconds right now. So both of you hold the line, and we'll continue our firearms discussion. Don't forget, Willie Waffle is going to be joining us here in hour two. And uh, we will talk with him as well about the entertainment news and everything else. It is The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio, and it is Firearms Friday. Thanks for coming in. Uh, Join us on Facebook if you'd like at facebook.com slash Show. facebook.com slash Show. We will continue with more in just a moment on this, your favorite radio station and or translator and around the world at MichaelDukeShow.com on the internet. Come out and see us there. Oh, don't forget the podcast either. Back with more after this. Okay. Harold finally says something I can agree with. The government really needs to improve our highway transportation system. Guns and ghost guns are a minor issue that shouldn't be taking the headlines. Yeah, I mean, they're really not an issue at all. But, you know, just yeah, that that's the thing. Everybody's trying to make points, right? Everybody's trying to make points. Uh, happy Earthquake Day, says Robert. Is today the, oh, it is the Good Friday. It's the, yeah, oh, it is the Earthquake Day. All right. Let's go back in the uh, let's go back in the chat room here. Also, the air laser you can zero it to your optic. I mean, there's all kinds of cool new toys that you can use for your firearms that you know uh, that you can do. Um, uh, la 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 la. I'm scrolling backwards here. I've had a laser light for several years and it works fine, says Charlie. <laughs> Uh, I like the feedback on that Mantis kit. Um, For sure. I mean, hell, if you do this right and you bought the right number of tools, including, um, you know, if you got like a Mantis kit and you got some some snap caps and some dummy rounds and you got a couple, you got this dry fire mag. I mean, hell, you could, you could do, you, you know, you wouldn't even really have to go to the range. Uh, but once a year to, you know, maybe uh, maybe dump a couple of mags just to make sure you're still used to the recoil. Uh, that's not a bad that's not a bad deal. But uh, as uh, as Jimmy said, it seemed like every time I went to the range, it was a two or three hundred dollars worth of ammunition. And then sometimes you'd have a hard time replacing that ammunition. It got to the point to where. I would, uh, it got to the point to where I would go out and buy the replacement ammunition before I actually went out shooting because, uh, I wasn't sure there was a couple times where I had bought it and then I had a hard time replacing it. Um, uh, okay. Um, if you support the second amendment, you should own a gun or two. Well, I mean, you should, or you could, but uh, supporting the Second Amendment does not require you to have a uh, does not require you to own a gun. Um, you could support those things without, you know. But I mean, I think that most people that support the Second Amendment probably do own a gun or two on that. 
Okay. Um, they are a symbol of something. They are a symbol of something that they can't control. This is Rob's comment back to uh, to Harold talking about improving the highways versus uh, guns and ghost guns being minor issues. Rob says they're a symbol of something they can't control. That's why the feds think they're dangerous. Well, and, it, and again, it impedes their narrative, right? It impedes their narrative um, of, uh, you know, that the only way society can move forward is a direct is with a direct benevolent intervention of government. And of course, they know better than us. And if we would just get with the program and stop resisting the change, then we would be OK. I mean, that's kind of that's kind of the whole thing in a nutshell, right? All right. Well, I think I think I have gotten through um, most of the comments that I missed here while we were on the air. Felt good to sleep in the morning this morning, said Dodie. Hey, good for you. Good for you, Dodie. I'm not mad about that at all. Uh, has anyone ever built a firearm in 30 minutes? I mean, sure. I mean, I I I built a homemade firearm one time when I was younger. You know, length of pipe, piece of two by four, some plumber's tape, uh, a nail with a spring and a shotgun shell. That pretty much it. That's a pretty much it. I don't think it took me more than 30 minutes to put it together. I mean, it was not uh, pretty, uh, but I just wanted to see if I could do it. And then I took it all apart and put all the pieces back. Because, I mean, what? I mean, I don't. How many times are you going to shoot that, right? Um. Ghost guns are the classic Hegelian dialectic exercise. Man, dude, you are freaking people out with that kind of language. Uh, that is uh, an interpretive method in which the contraction between the proposition and its antithesis has resulted a higher level of truth. Okay, I still don't understand. When I go back and read the definition and still don't understand, uh, it's applied to the true self versus the false self. And it leads us closer to paradise. Okay, I got that part. All right. Good job. Good job. Thanks, Brian, for expanding my brain. That's what you're doing here. Um, News says China is locking citizens up and killing their pets. Robert, where have you been? Haven't you been seeing the videos of the quarantine police stomping on people and killing animals and then the people actually coming out and beating the hell out of the quarantine police? Things are not good in Shanghai right now. I don't know if you've been watching what's been going on in Shanghai. Uh, definitely happy to not be in the Orient these days. I'll just tell you that for nothing right now. Not a good place. Not a good place. The government creates or exploits a problem which attributes blame to others. The people react by asking the government for help and to help solve the problem. And the government offers a solution that was planned by them long before the crisis occurred. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up right there. That pretty much sums the whole thing up. All right. So Mike is calling uh, down from, I don't know if he's back in uh, Fairbanks yet, but uh, Mike is on the line and then Fred is on the line and then we'll take whatever other phone calls we need to as we continue ahead. <clears throat> Man, I too need another pot of coffee this morning. That was the hardest thing in the world to get up this morning. That's just how it is. All right, let's uh, let's go to it, though. It's Friday. Get to sleep in tomorrow. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio. Here we go.
Buddy, put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. The Michael Duke Show. I have two guns, one for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my new friend! I say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms. From my cold, dead hands. Friday. Yeah, Firearms Friday, my friend. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Uh, we are talking about firearms and guns today, and I threw the phone lines open earlier in the program. And right before we went to the break, we had two good good callers on hold here. Mike, who's normally from Fairbanks, although I don't know if he's traveling or not. We'll start off with him since he held on through the news. Good morning, Mike. What's on your mind? Oh, good morning, Mike. Yeah, I just I have some comments, and then I have a question. Uh, it's it, to me, it's too much of a coincidence that Frank James had high capacity rounds just at the same day that Biden wanted to ban high capacity rounds. They, you know, they found his escape vehicle key and his credit card. And if you guys search, search the discrepancies, it's unbelievable. I think the thing was a setup. It's kind of like when, uh, Biden went to, went to, uh, Pennsylvania and talking about infrastructure, he's going to rebuild the bridges. And just a few hours earlier, four miles from the speech area, a bridge collapses over Fern Gully. I mean, the coincidences are just kind of uh, suspicious. The coincidences but, uh, are just kind of coincidental? Mike, Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, I just, uh, it's hard It's hard to, to ignore the coincidences. But the question was, uh, well, Another comment, can't they put a serial number on the receiver? Uh, my friend down in Montana, Andy, he's got six, quote, ghost guns, and uh, he routers them out with a regular router, and they're beautiful guns. I think he said he gets them for one-third the price of a regular, uh, you know, a store-bought sure, AR-type sure, rifle. sure. But couldn't couldn't they just put a serial number on those, Mike? Well, they're supposed to. You're supposed to put a serial number or marking identification for in-state use only uh, on those guns. Um, I mean, that's technically the rule. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you could. And whether it's just your initials and the number one or whatever – that's a that's an identifying mark. I mean, you know, that's part part of what's supposed to be going on here. Again, this whole thing is overblown. Uh, this whole thing on ghost guns is overblown. People have been making their own gun for years, yeah. and um, it's uh, it's only a problem because the politicians are trying to make it a problem at this point. Yeah, yeah, and, and like you've reported before, down in Australia, how many how many underground black you know black market um, gun manufacturing shops have they found so far? I think it's like three or four. Oh, but my main question, Mike, is yeah. what has more not what what has more knockdown power, a Colt forty five or a nine millimeter uh, pistol? 
Well, I mean, kinetic foot pounds, the 45 has more kinetic foot pounds, but uh, I mean, it's all about, you know, shot placement. It could be about ammunition choice. There's a lot of different variables in there. Uh, they're both lethal uh, okay. is, is the is the bottom line. But if you're talking about raw kinetic, you know, foot pounds of force on target with same, same ammo, then the, then the uh, 45 has got more more horsepower to it in that regard. Um, but, uh, you know, there's an argument to be made for, you know, for, for both of those. Uh, but as far as just raw foot pounds, the 45. Ah, oh, very good. Okay. Thank you, Mike. And, and it is actually warmer up here than it is down in Montana in the Bakken. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Mike. I appreciate you calling in uh, you uh, it, today. Buddy. Looks like we lost Fred's call from Rhode Island. He dropped off. So let's go to the next caller. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hi, Mike. It's Fred. Yeah, for oh. some reason it dropped off, so I called back in. Oh, there you go, Fred. But, uh, you know, the point you... Yeah, here we go. Uh, yeah, the reason I'm calling is, you know, you mentioned the thing about the ghost guns, you know, the whole, uh, you know, no serial numbers coming through. You know, what they, what they, what you didn't mention is the fact that, you know, they lumped in all together with ghost guns and everything else. Uh, the firearms that have had their serial numbers obliterated by criminals. You know, they store, they steal the gun, right. they serial number. Right. Those are all lumped into the same category. Well, exactly, so, and they're not the same know, thing. So, That's, you know, I mean, you're right. You're you're 100 right, Fred. That's something that I failed to mention earlier. And that's and they are not the same things. I mean, manufactured guns that have been defaced. Right. That's what they call that. Obscuring or defacing the serial number are not the same thing. I mean, technically not the same thing of what they were talking about. Ghost guns are home manufactured guns. An 80 percent lower uh, being built by some hobbyist in his garage is not the same as some criminal who scrubs the serial number off of a legal firearm. You know what I mean? So, yeah, they're 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 conflating those two again. Yeah, well, you know, this is what they, well, you know, this is the typical, uh, you know, the typical uh, media and, you know, bureaucratic uh, departments of the government, you know, they like to just, you know, omit that part of it, you know, and just, you know, over, over, it's deliberate oversight, you know, it's not, I don't think there's anything accidental about it. They're deliberately not telling you the whole story because they're trying to push this crazy narrative that they have, you know, you know, trying to, de- you know, trying to knock down the Second Amendment. Right. But, you know, they, they, the thing that they, they could do, you know, the thing they could do is if they really wanted to get a handle on, you know, the ghost gun situation is I think the government should issue out to each FFL, they should issue out a batch of serial numbers on, you know, on designated serial numbers to the FFLs. And when you build a ghost gun, you know, you take it to an FFL, they issue, they will just pick one, a number, and give you the number. That will be yours. And you go through a background check, you know, through the FFL, and that stays on file with the FFL, you know, for now forever. It used to be to 20 years. Now it's forever. But the thing is, though, it, it's not really registered with an FFL because if they want to sit there and trace it, they have to call each and every FFL to find, you know, the particular gun if it were used in a crime or misused or so on or something else. 
So, you know, it's not really a gun registry. You know, I mean, it, it, it's, well, on record, it, it is, it's on record with an individual FFL, let as me, opposed to being centralized, which would be a registry, and that is bad, well, bad news. Let me, just, you know. let me respectfully disagree with you, Fred. We've been doing this for years. We've been doing it, you know, for since the before the inception of the country, people have been making their own firearms, and they're going to continue to do so. We don't need the government's permission. We don't need to go to an FFL and register that gun with an FFL and it, because like you said if each FFL was given a series of blank serial numbers or specific serial numbers if they found that gun they'd know which FFL had received that serial number so they'd still be able to trace it anyway but it doesn't matter this is an issue of us of, of you know individual liberty and freedom we should not have to fight back against this we should still be or not be able to uh, beg the government's permission for this we should still be able to do it uh, I don't like your solution to that because again the answer is you know, show me how many times an actual ghost gun, a gun that was built in somebody's basement or whatever, uh, statistically has been used in a crime. It's pretty damn low. But, uh, the, you know, but they're going to make an yeah, issue. I agree. Right. I agree with you. So, yeah. um, no, I, I, totally, I totally, no, you, you got a good point. You know, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm saying, you know, you're right. You're, you're right. You know, but. Yeah, you should be able to have some source of being able to find out where the gun came from if it were if it were misused. You know what I mean? Even if it was stolen, at least they know who owned the gun, and if they could recover the gun, they could get it back to them. Because you're never going to do that because they're right. just going to throw it in the junk pile and destroy it. Right, exactly. Most of the time. But I mean, if they wanted to return it, you know, they, they, the possibility were there. However, to avoid abuse, you can't centralize registration on anything because once you do that. Then you open the whole can of worms up, and they come after you any time for any reason. Right. You know, that, that that would be the problem with you know mis you know centralized well, registration. And again, this is the whole problem with the with the gun registry or even a de facto gun registry for sure. That's one of the most disturbing parts of this whole thing is the fact that they're ne that the 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 new rule would require FFLs to keep records forever instead of for just that twenty year period. Uh, I find that to be a disturbing because, again, it becomes uh, it's not a centralized registry, as you said, but it does become a de facto registry overall across the country for for guns purchased through FFLs. So you're 100 percent right on that, Fred. Sure, sure. All right. Well, yeah, well, you know, they could do it, too. I mean, if, it, um, go ahead. if they wanted to, if they wanted to get it, I mean, maybe they should go out and get a warrant, you know, get a warrant from a judge. In order to contact the FFL, you know what I mean. That that would be one way to keep them from uh, from abusing that, because now that it'd be at the judge's discretion as to yes or no, you know, well, whether or not we're going to give you the permission. I mean, to go to go to go, to go tracing a particular firearm. Look, Fred, that sounds great on paper, but if as we've seen with the FISA courts and a lot of these other things, the abuse of the warrants for personal information yeah. and the Inspector General's report showing that the FBI continuously lies and uh, and and uh, overstates threats and everything else, and these FISA court judges are just signing off on it, just you know, putting that hurdle of getting a search warrant. It's again, it's not enough in this case. Um, we've seen that be abused too well, much in the right. last yeah, 10 in, years. In, in this day and age, you're absolutely right. You know, unfortunately, you know, in a, and I guess in a better world, like 20, 30 years ago, this would have worked. This would have been a good thing. But today with the amount of lies and abuse and, you know, lie, cheat, steal in environment we live in with the, uh, you know, with the progressives and everything running things, you know, maybe this is a good idea to, uh, I agree with you. I totally agree with you. You know, maybe it's not such a great idea after all. 
All right. Well, hey, thank you, Fred, for calling in. I appreciate it. Uh, let's go over to the next caller here. Uh, it's open line uh, Q and it's Q and A gun Q and A all day. How about that? Uh, let's go over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Michael. This is Ron in North Pole. How are you doing? Hello, my friend. What's on your mind? Well, uh, you got into uh, dry fire gadgetry there just a little bit, and uh, I just thought I'd share some experience for maybe some uh, potential uh, customers. Sure. Uh, I have a Mantis. I have a Mantis X10, and it is a remarkable piece of machinery. And uh, in addition to that, I have coupled it with a uh, laser light uh, steel target, and I can. Uh, dry fire and get immediate feedback with that so uh while somewhat expensive it is a uh, useful tool uh i'm not familiar with this uh, laser light steel target what is that okay it's a very small about the about all oh, about the size of a pop bottle with approximately a two inch target striking surface uh, battery powered and uh, makes a clang like you're shooting steel when you hit it with uh, the beam from a laser cartridge. <laughs> okay, I dig it. And it's fun. Uh, yeah. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, no, I dig it. That sounds like fun. Uh, oh, 200 bucks okay. though. Yeah, okay, I could see it's a little pricey, but... Yeah, the X10 is pretty pricey, but uh, and it'll work with uh, shotguns, rifles, even uh, archery equipment, so... <laughs> but... Uh, I, I would also uh, uh, note that the last time I checked on those uh, recycling magazines that you uh, hit on earlier, right? Uh, the last time I checked, those those only come for uh, nine millimeter caliber pistols. Uh, yeah, the uh, the one we're talking about the dry fire magazines that uh, uh, that I was discussing yes. earlier. Uh, they now come in uh, 945.50, or this one, uh, let's see, this one, dry fire mag comes in 940, 357, 45, and 45 gap. So, oh, so they so they've got a forty five. Well, or no, check that. Yeah, oh, it's just but, uh, it's just I, I would. It's just forty five gap. Sorry, it's not forty five. It's just forty five gap. So, um, uh, same same frame size. It should be yeah, yeah. Because that's that that was a selling point of the uh, the gap was uh, a nine millimeter platform firing a forty five basically. Yeah, I don't look. I'm just looking through here all the Glocks that it does. It does not do the Glock 21, which is the 45 caliber Glock, or the 20 or the 21. They don't fit that apparently. They fit the G37, G38, G39. But I mean, again, again, there right. there are other options out there for this. But I, I I'm down with it. I think this is. Uh, I, I'd like to try it. And I now I hadn't well, he- I hadn't heard about your laser light uh, f- uh, target, so I want to check that and, out as well. And, yeah, it comes in a uh, comes in a two pack. So you can, uh, and I think it's about a hundred bucks for the two pack, and they run off triple uh, A's. Right for the you got the little plinking ones. You didn't get the big square one. You got the little plinking ones, right? Uh, that that that's correct. Yeah. Oh, I mean, uh, laser laser lights got more uh, iterations than you can imagine. <laughs> yeah. No, I like it. I like it. I I would like to check it out. That sounds like fun. All right. Well, thank you, my friend, and, and, for the heads right. up. Go ahead. Nope. You got one more cool. thing. Hit me with it yeah. real quick. Uh, no, no, no. I uh, 
I was just saying that uh, it's worth looking into, particularly with the uh, uh, terribly high price of ammo these days. Yeah, no, absolutely. You're gonna you're gonna definitely uh, you're definitely gonna save yourself some money and retain a lot of those skills without actually having to uh, um, uh, without having to you know expend all that ammo for sure. All right, well, thank you, Ron. I appreciate. Thank you for uh, calling in this morning. I appreciate it. We are up against the break. Uh, We got one more coming up here in just a moment. And then we're going to be finished. uh, We're going to be followed by Willie Waffle, wafflemovies.com. All right. Back with more. Common Sense Radio. It is Firearms Friday on The Michael Duke Show. Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Uh, In the break. Um... Looks like uh, Mantis also makes a one for an AR as well. Also, the AR, you can zero it in on your optic. I like it. I mean, quite honestly, if you wanted to, if you wanted to be, you know, frugal and you wanted to gray man this whole thing, um, you know, you could buy these things and then just do it in the privacy of your own home. Not only would you be saving ammo, you'd be keeping a lower profile while maintaining all your uh, while maintaining all your skills. So, uh, you know, I think overall, if you you know, pretty cheap investment, you get the Mantis system for 150 bucks. You get the little plinking steel targets for another hundred bucks. You get the magazine for a hundred bucks, and uh, you know, you're you're 400 bucks into it, 300, 400 bucks into it, and uh, you could do all your plinking in your privacy of your own wherever. I like that. I like that a lot. Okay. Um, put your 45 in the garbage next to your 380. Why? Why would you? Why would you do that? I mean, according to what? I mean, I mean, I don't understand, Daniel. You'll have to share your thoughts with me. Um, uh. I know where you live and I'm going to throw those damn, this is like, this is a, Greg says, I love my 45s. He goes, I know where you live and I'm going to throw those damn things in the bay where they belong. I don't know. 45 has been a pretty solid shooter for many, many years. Not that a nine millimeter can't be, but uh, I mean, why? To each his own. Another coincidence with the subway shooter was leaving his weapon. It traced back to the gun shop he bought it from 10 years ago in less than a day. Aren't those records supposed to be destroyed after a couple of years? The FFLs are required to retain those purchase records for 20 years before they destroy them. 20 years. So he bought it from a gun shop in Ohio. He passed a background check. He did all those things. Um, Yeah, I don't know what the deal is. Um uh, Daniel's all about the nine millimeter. Um, my boss had a fire stolen 
had a fire stolen. Must have been a firearm. My boss had a firearm stolen 25 years ago. Person got caught in Georgia. FBI still has it to this day and will not return it. It was used in a crime. Boss tried five years ago to get it, even flew to Atlanta to contact the FBI office there. It was a pass down from a family member. It had some meaning to him. He said they gave him a few moments with it. He said at least he got to see it again. Uh, uh, Glocks. Um, I have the best dry fire trainer anywhere on the planet. I use my TV set. What system are you using, Dwayne, for that? Um, uh, okay. Um, uh, striker fire, striker fire. It also dress, doubles as a stress reliever, but it's like, it's like therapy, but better. Uh, Greg says, I don't own one Glock. No, Greg's like a 45. He's a 1911 guy. 19, which I love 1911s, but I also like my Glocks. I mean, I, you know, I, it, it's to each his own, to each his own. Um, uh, the 17 I got in an ammo prompt, uh, the 17 I got in an ammo purchase, I promptly sold. Um, the majority of the world's special operators can't be wrong. No, I mean, you know, and there's a lot of teams that are using uh, nine millimeter. Some are using 45. I mean, again, it's all about where you put it, right? I mean, that's the whole point. Um, the laser light targets are good if to to the good laser light targets are good if you need to teach people how to clear a house or rooms for families. Um. Okay. I need a laser-guided bullet to mount on a drone, said Chris. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Uh, you're not, your little 9mm is cute. Um, everybody's like 44 mag. The question is, what doesn't Greg own? Well, he just said he doesn't own any Glock, so that's already, I know we can't be friends now, right? <laughs> just kidding. I mean, who cares? Who cares? Okay. Whew. Man, it's the fastest two hours in radio, isn't it? I mean, how do we get here already? Down to the bottom of the hour, we got about 10 minutes here of uh, talk that we can, uh, we can uh, dedicate to the Second Amendment and other gun stories. Have you been following along? We've been following along with all this? Come on down. Phone lines are open. Um... 907-433-3150 if you'd like to sound off this morning. I've been getting all this advice uh, on all these cool things from uh, uh, all these cool little uh, doodads for uh, dry fire exercises. I like this. I like this. Um, it's good stuff. All right. Uh, as we wind down here, I guess there was one more story that I really wanted to get to, aside from the whole bogus data on uh, ghost guns, which, again, the one thing that I forgot uh, um, 
the one thing that I forgot was to mention the fact that they were including defaced firearms in those in those numbers and in some of those statistics, uh, even though they're not. I mean, has nothing to do with the manufacture of your own guns. Taking a Dremel tool to a serial number is not the same thing as creating, machining, milling out, or uh, creating your own firearm, right? But that's that's how they, they're going to lump those. This is the same thing that they do when they lump in the suicide numbers with the homicides for the quote-unquote gun violence number. They take all those, they take all those, uh, add all those uh, uh, suicides in there as well. Um, all right. Well, let's uh, go over here and uh, take a look at what the reaction has been so far um, on on the uh, on the president's new rules coming out of the ATF. I mean, he made these pronouncements from on high, right? I mean, he's, there's nothing we could do to stop him, right? Well, except for the fact that many gun rights organizations have already started the ball rolling in filing lawsuits to stop the rules. On top of that, U.S. Senator Ted Cruz, uh, who's a member of the Senate Judiciary, a Judiciary Committee, announced that he's introducing a bill called the Congressional Review Act Joint Resolution of Disapproval. Uh, the CRA, to prohibit President Biden's Department of Justice from implementing the new rule to expand firearms definitions. He's got some co-sponsors, including uh, Langford, Brown, and Lee. Uh, The Biden administration wants to institute a final rule deeming a firearm under federal law, redefining it to not only mean a complete product, but also all of its individual parts. If implemented, it would require gun kits and gun parts to be regulated as if they were fully functional firearms. Uh, Upon introduction, uh, excuse me, upon announcing that he would introduce, uh, Senator Cruz said, for the past two years, we've seen crime rates skyrocket across the country, aided by Democrats' soft on crime policies and left wing district attorneys operating like progressive activists instead of law enforcement officers. Democrats would love nothing more than to shift the blame and stoke anti-gun sentiment to create a permanent national gun registry in the process. By introducing this resolution, we're pushing back. We want to stop the Biden administration from issuing the final rule, expanding the definition of firearms and instituting a national gun registry. We want to stop the false narrative that links the rise of crime to, quote unquote, ghost guns and firearms. And we want to protect law abiding citizens who are exercising their Second Amendment rights. So, yeah, this is uh, this is no this is not a uh, not a big surprise. In addition to that. Uh, the Gun Owners of America uh, has announced Adian Johnson, who's the director of federal affairs, said Biden's recent move to expand our nation's gun registry is illegal. And we applaud Senator Cruz and his Senate colleagues in fighting this un- unconstitutional rule with the CRA. He also noted that uh, Gun Owners of America were prepared to take it to court. We will sue the Biden administration to halt the implementation of this anti-Second Amendment rule and are pleased to see members of the Senate sending a clear message that they will not tolerate this unlawful abuse of authority. Uh, This comes back again to our discussions previously with President Trump and some of the things that he did there, which were just open the door for this wide, unfortunately. Um, And this is because Congress has failed to act. Congress has failed to act in one way or the other. And the president is attempting to do things through basically caveat caveat. That's exactly what's going on. Uh, It's an unlawful abuse of authority. Basically, he's trying to create new laws with a stroke of a pen, and that's not how it works. Um, 
And of course, the ATF, the bump stock ban is still in court being fought out over with people like uh, the folks at GOA and people like David Codrea and everything else. Um, But it's just when you've got entire sections of law that are being changed, it should not be done with the stroke of a pen. It's, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be, this is going to be a court intervention. That's what's going to have to happen. A court intervention is what's going to have to happen on this uh, when it's all said and done. But these are the new rules. I hope you guys all stocked up. Just You got 120 days to buy up all the gun parts kits you can get a hold of before this thing goes into effect. So uh, the good news is, is that in light of what's going on and all the things that are happening around the country, including this latest shooting down in the New York subway, um, the latest surveys that are still coming out are still showing that people are not in favor of gun control. A new poll by Rasmussen shows that uh, it's uh, that the the its findings are in line with what other recent surveys are showing with a decided lack of support for new gun control measures. 51% of respondents said new gun control laws would not prevent attacks. 38% disagreed and said that additional gun control laws would be beneficial. This is a pretty pretty significant change though as we see over the last couple of years more and more of these things have been going on. People have uh, uh, you know, people have been basically losing their appetite for more gun control as they watched their country kind of spit out of control with the whole COVID thing and the George Floyd riots and everything else. And more and more are discovering that all of what they've been told, including it's easier to get a gun than it is to get a library book, turned out to be false. And that's 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 the new thing. So there is less of an appetite for that stuff. Let's go over here to the calls. we got one more call before we go to break. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hello, this is John from Fairbanks. Hey, John, what's on your mind quickly? Oh, just a couple of quick things. Um, one, uh, comments. Um, people, Americans need to uh, wake up. We're under assault by the federal government. Um, they're doing everything they can to take every last right we have. And if they take the guns away, if they restrict them as much as possible, we're doomed. <laughs> That's for darn sure. We're, we're done. So, uh, so anyways, uh, uh so the whole thing, it's not surprising the ghost gun thing. It's just a crock of baloney. Everybody knows that except some liberal snowflake or something. But anyways, <laughs> um, and, and uh, so then I saw, I saw a, um, another a commentary, conservative lady. She's not flamboyant or weird. It's just kind of interesting commentary on the subway shooting in New York City. And so, again, it's another one of these things, but it, it, she made some a few interesting points. One, this is what she said in her thing. So I haven't been able to check it. With all, all right. Hold, hold, hold on. We're going to have to talk about this during the break. I'm up against it. Hold on a minute. Just a second there, John. All right. We got more coming up. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Sorry about that, John. We were uh, I was up against the break there, and I had to I had to jump to it. Okay, so what were what was she saying about the shooting? Um, so the deal was she was saying, okay, isn't it funny how the shooting was sandwiched in between the president coming out saying, oh, we're going to stop ghost guns or restrict ghost guns, and then um, and then uh, then I think the next day after the shooting, they announced that. They're going to do something or try to do something with putting TSA agents running 
or, you know, a security for rail stuff or subways possibly for train stations and stuff. And, and, and again, I haven't heard that in the news, maybe some, maybe one other place, but, but the other thing that was interesting is um, she said that, so she was looking at the photo, the, I mean, the videos that people that just, people that witnessed the thing going on to it. And she said, it's like a lot of people like um, they show them fleeing. And then there was like people who had supposedly been injured and different things, but they were milling around and just kind of walking around, like almost like they, there wasn't no emergency. There wasn't anything happening. Then she saw like this one guy who supposedly had this tourniquet on his leg. It was just kind of hanging loosely. And he's kind of walking around normal and, and other people that were supposed to be, injured seem like more like a little bit of acting more like the, than the real thing. And then this is the last thing that kind of caught my attention and they put it out of the street, but they're like, Oh, New York city. They've got like 4,000 cameras associated with the, uh, with the uh, subway or something. And the only camera that wasn't working in the whole subway system, this is what they said was the one in that car. Right. Wait, so why did that car with a shooting <laughs> place? So yeah. I don't know. It's just all crazy, but I think it brings up points where that people should try to investigate more or something, right. you know, but well, it, it, it was like something what, uh, what, uh, was being said earlier, you know, the coincidence of coincidence, you know, the fact that all these things are happening, uh, that it was the, you know, the only car that didn't have a camera in it. Uh, they were so convenient that they just, he just left the weapon there and, and some of these other things, not that these guys are geniuses, obviously, yeah, but yeah. it does, That's, it does raise a lot totally, of questions. Yeah, I forgot about all the even his ID, right? His ID was in the bag and everything, too, supposedly. I mean, either this guy was... I know there's people out there that are pretty nutty, and they make big mistakes. But, I mean, I, it's just like when you add all the stuff up, you're like, hey, this seems, something does seem a little strange. But that's what we put, right. That's what we have in this day and age. Yeah, it's uh, the, the, I mean, the, the serendipity of coincidence definitely makes you scratch your head and go, huh. Uh, but you know, what, what, what can we do? It is, and it is ironic, of course, that it all happened the same week right after the president made all these comments about this. But again, show me what law would have changed this, right? He bought the gun in Ohio at a gun store from an FFL, which means he bought it in a pawn shop, which they, the pawn shops have to have an FFL license to do that. So it means that he passed the Knicks background check. He had it with him. It was already illegal to own the gun in New York State or in New York City without a special permit. It was already illegal to bring the gun onto the transit system. There's a separate law for that. And, of course, there's a law for not killing people. So show me one more law that would have changed this. You know? Solid evidence that criminals are going to violate the law no matter what. Yeah, exactly. When determined they're going to do it. Exactly. Show me where, you know, show me, show me where you could have fixed that. Exactly. Unless somebody else on the car had been armed and been able to shoot back. Show me where you were going to fix that. Thank you, John, for your call. I appreciate you uh, calling in this morning and sounding off. You you know, you bring up some interesting points. The whole thing is I've been kind of following it and scratching my head and going, this is weird, man. This is weird. Uh, and the, and the, the transit, I mean, they've already got transit police, the transit authority there. There are members of NYPD who are specifically assigned to the transit authority. So they already have transit cops. They don't need TSA in there. They've already got that going on, but if everything else is not working, then what? I mean, how I, 
what? You know, that was the one train where the cameras were or the one platform or whatever, where the cameras weren't working. How does that, how does that work exactly? How does that, how does that function? Tell me exactly what goes on with that. Um, all right. Um, <clears throat> thank you for uh, calling in and joining us this morning. Uh, all right. Let me see if there's anything else uh, here. Nine millimeters is by half the cost of 45 is a money thing, not validating the millimeters. Uh, everybody's still arguing about nine millimeter 45 because Daniel decided to stir the pot. Um, <laughs> I'm not trying to say they all carry 49 millimeter. Uh, military glocks and everything else. Daniel, you did it. You stirred the pot, man. Congratulations. That was awesome. Um, <clears throat> people shoot what you want to shoot. It's all about, it's all about, uh, uh, putting rounds on target. That's what it's about. Nine millimeter, 45, 22, 50 cal, whatever it is. It's all about putting the rounds on the target where you need them to be. So be proficient, do what you not do what you need to do. Um, all right, my friend, uh, let's see. Phone's ringing. Time to go. We got to jump into it. The Michael Duke show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Willie Waffle up next. Let's do it. Okay, TGIFF. Thank goodness it's firearms or finally firearms. Is that three Fs? I don't. I can't even count anymore. Uh, it's okay. It's Friday. That's the mean, which means it's entertainment time. And some of you guys may not love this, but I don't care. It's my show, and I love it. It's the only time that me and my buddy Willie get to hang out together. Once a week, he comes in and teases me with all his great entertainment knowledge, uh, which half of which I don't care about, but the other half is dynamite. Uh, so he joins us this morning. Hello, my friend. You know, Friday is when we let our hair down. Yeah. Friday exactly. is when we, you know, we take a step back from the rat race. It's easy. We try to take in the beauty and the amazement around us. And I am here to act as your portal to entertainment. <laughs> let and our greatness. hair down. That's easy for you to say. You've got some hair left. You've got a beautiful <laughs> head of hair in this picture. Um, although you now you can tell me that this picture is like 10 years old and you're actually bald as a cue ball. That's all I want to know. It's just No, no. You know, the truth, the truth is, and, and I, I was blessed with good hair. I still have a lot of hair and I, I just every day thank God that I still have it. <laughs> I keep telling my wife, I said, if I go bald, I'm just going to go full on Jean-Luc Picard. She's like, That's no, right. no, no, no. I'm like, hey, if I start to go, I'm not going to be this little guy who waves 400 feet of hair back and forth on the top of my head to make it look like I'm not bald. I'm just shearing that stuff off. Yeah, anyway. no, that's where you got to go. Comb yeah. over. Comb over is not fooling oh, anybody. Yeah. We all know it's gone. Right, exactly. I'm not doing the whole Donald Trump thing. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> before we get to let's talk about, uh, I guess we got to get it out of the way because I know you're going to bring it up anyway. The Academy Awards, Will Smith, they finally came out with a decision and he got his hand slapped. Tell me about it. That's right. So, you know, the big announcement, uh, you know, we, we were talking about it last week. Will Smith has been banned from all Academy events, including the Oscars, for the next 10 years. But what he was not banned from, he can still be nominated he can for still an be, Oscar. Yeah, he can still be nominated. He could still win. He just can't attend any of the events, like virtually or anything. 
Yeah, you know, oh no, he doesn't get to go. I, I think I actually want to know. I think this includes being banned from the Academy Museum. I don't think he's allowed to go and buy a ticket and go see the show there. Uh, no, I well, don't think so. There, there you go. Um, now, I heard another thing too. He it was reported early on that he had resigned from the Academy that week. And then yep. later on, when they came out with this, they're like, no, no, he didn't resign. We kicked him out. I'm like, what? No, you didn't. No, you didn't. He made an announcement that said, I resigned from the Academy. It's what I heard. And then there was these stories floating around. And no, no, he got kicked out. I'm like, wait, wait a sec. All right. So no, no, here, here's the, here's the deal. He didn't get kicked out because what happened was that hearing that took place last week was supposed to, according to the Academy bylaws, take place on April 18th. However, they announced because he resigned from the Academy and is no longer a member. They could act quicker. They didn't have to follow the timeline ah. that was put together in the bylaws. So that's the only reason we know now. We'd, we'd be waiting until, you know, till Monday, Tuesday, if uh, if he had not resigned. Okay. Well, again, not many of us care, but an interesting point. Now, Chris Rock, on the other hand, he's not going to talk about anything until he get paid. I told you. I told you this was going to happen, right? That's right. Chris Rock admitted like you know, he he was doing a big show uh, out in uh, Palm Springs and you know and as has been happening at every one of his comedy tour stops, people want him to talk about getting slapped and and he started off the show there as people were yelling about will smith and, and the show he said and, and, and the slap and he said hey hold on a second guys i'm not talking about this till i get paid like that was literally a quote wow <laughs> and i don't blame him because he has he has a couple of avenues number one he could just have netflix pay him a big fat amount of money and he could record a show and and according to him the next thing he said after you know saying i i i'm gonna get paid was i've got a whole show about this like like he's been working on it already oh, he's man. written it already and 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 i always thought that he he wanted to angle for one of those big sit-down interviews you know like on 2020 or nbc or something like that where they give him a ton of money to to do the interview well i guess we'll see what happens i mean everybody loves of a, a, a scandal um all right uh dancing with the stars moving um to Disney Plus. Now it was on ABC, right? So it's a parent company or Yeah, I mean it's been on it's been on uh, ABC what for like 20 years. I mean this has been a very very long running successful network program and uh, and and I think in, in a very shocking way uh they announced that the show is moving to Disney Plus. You will see it live on Disney Plus and uh, they actually gave it a two season commitment to to see how it works out over two seasons. And and it's going to be just like if you watched it on ABC. You know, just you'll you'll flip on to Disney Plus, you'll watch Watch it. You'll still vote. They'll get the voting results. The whole deal. Huh. Okay. Well, I mean, you could see Disney is trying to pull everything in-house and trying to pump up the subscriber ratings and everything else. That's why they, you know, they're bringing in all the Netflix stuff that was Marvel Universe. They're going to be bringing that over to Disney and doing all that kind of stuff as well because Disney basically wants to rule the world. Um, yeah. So, of course, they're having a little bit of a hard time over this whole wokeism thing. And so they, I don't know exactly how that's going to work out for them, but uh, I guess we'll 
I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I think Disney faces problems with this in more ways than most companies do. Uh, because, you know, for a long time, Disney was considered a very safe haven uh, for for people who were more Christian, more conservative, you know, who, who didn't want to see, you know, kind of the, the stuff that you see in all sorts of other entertainment venues. Right. And, and now, you know, they're getting some internal pressure from their from their own employees to become much more left wing. And uh, and and every time they move further to the left wing, they may be appeasing their employees, but they're upsetting paying customers. Right. And, and who and pays now, the bill around here? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that what what you're seeing, and, and we've seen this in movies a lot, and I think you're probably going to start seeing it in other parts of entertainment. You're now going to have these other niches break out that are going to be the the conservative, family friendly entertainment uh, alternatives. Right. And and you know we already see it with movies. I think you'll see it with well, you kind of do see it with theme parks too. I mean, you know, there are other areas where this is happening, but I think more and more as as you know woke politics takes over so much of what's considered mainstream entertainment. I think I. I think, you know, more family friendly, conservative entertainment is going to flourish because it is going to play to a market that is ready to embrace it and wants it. Right. We've already seen this with Daily Wire Media, you know, picking up Gina Carano and doing some other movies and stuff um, right after she got axed from Disney and and, uh, doing that. And I think you're going to see more of that. Um, What's interesting about what you said, though, (coughs) excuse me, was that the employees were driving this whole move. And of course we saw Elon Musk saying he was, he became a a majority shareholder in Twitter uh, and the employees lost their mind. Then he said, I'm just going to buy the whole thing and we'll see how that turns out. But you could see that it is the employees that are trying to drive a lot of this stuff. And of course, none of them seem to understand that it is their clientele that pays all the bills. And if you piss off all your clientele, you destroy the business. And it just doesn't seem, it seems like if I was a CEO, I'd be like, well, Sorry, guys, if you decide you want to quit over this, that's the way it is. We'll have to find somebody else. But we have a customer base that we've been serving for 40 years, and I just can't see alienating them. Yeah, I think it's I think it's going to be a big struggle for for a lot of companies, especially because you know I was reading earlier this week, uh, and you may have seen this. There was a story out that 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 many Gen Zers and Millennials now, when they're thinking about their employment, want to choose a company that quote unquote reflects their values, right. and they would rather be unemployed than work for a company that they feel is not promoting what they believe in or what they stand for. Right, and and I think you're going to see a real culture clash because. You know, let's face it, companies exist to make money. And, uh, you know, and right now, I think employees have a little bit more power and a little bit more say because of the way the job market is, the way that that, that, uh, we're struggling to find employees right now. But that could swing on a dime. We've seen that happen before. Right. Well, the companies want to serve the largest demographic possible. You know, companies should not care about the political philosophies of their customers. You know, they want to they want to develop and, and deliver a good product or service to as many customers as they possibly can, regardless of race, creed, religion, or whatever. That should be, that's the ultimate ideal, you know, that's the ideal of capitalism. And so if they allow this, uh, you know, this this is the ESR. This is the quote from Elon Musk again the other day that was saying ESR is destroying the, uh, uh, you know, companies, which is the ESR is, and I can't remember what the acronym stands for, but it's basically social justice movements inside of businesses. It's going to destroy 
a customer base is what it'll do is it'll end up polarizing it. Like you said, it'll create new companies that will deliver to those same uh, to the conservative bases or the more moderate and conservative bases the same product. It may not even be as good, but people will do it because they're so upset about if you just remain neutral, I'd still buy your stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, and here's the funny part. These, the, you know, and, and this is where I think everybody's a hypocrite. You know, this is this is this is my political philosophy. Everybody's a hypocrite. And, and what you're seeing now is all these people who were so upset at the way corporations found ways to funnel monies into political campaigns and to make political contributions are now saying we should use the power of these companies to get our way. Right. Exactly. <laughs> now it's so irritating. All right. Well, we got a little too far afield on that. We're running out of time here. I got about four minutes left. I want to get into the movies. Uh, what do you want to start off with? Father Stu, Fantastic Beast. Where are we going? Oh, let's start with Father Stu. I actually, I'm, I am actually very happy and excited about Father Stu. I think you know, listen for a for a movie that's extremely cliche, that's extremely predictable. At least it's darn enjoyable. And so you know, it it is the story of this this former boxer, this this atheist, this guy who you know hasn't necessarily lived on God's path, my friends Mm -hmm. played by marky mark Wahlberg, yeah and uh, he he gets into a car or a motorcycle accident and as he's recovering uh you know he he has this revelation and he he believes that now he wants to become a priest and so now you get kind of this r-rated faith film and and that's really kind of the 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 interesting take here is that you know they're they're trying to be r-rated because you know we're cool but they're trying to make really what is in many ways a faith-based or at least a faith-driven movie about a guy who this is a true story about a guy who wants to go out and save the sinners because he was a sinner and he wants to help them and he wants to you know bring bring the the word of god to them and it, it i think it's just very entertaining because Marky Mark is playing Marky Mark. Okay, you know he's got the energy, he's got the <laughs> attitude, he's got kind of this this guy who all of a sudden thinks he's found something amazing and wants to share it with the world, and that is fun to watch. And then you also get Mel Gibson playing his father, who is the complete cynic, the alcoholic, the non-believer. But suddenly, maybe he sees a little something that his son is showing him. Interesting. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. No, I mean, I think this is good. I mean, look, you know, Jesus, they always ask, you know, they said, you know, did not to get too scriptural here, but you know, they're asking Jesus, why are you down there with the tax collectors and the, and the prostitutes, you know? And he goes, cause this is where the sin is. Sometimes I feel like, <laughs> you know, sometimes I feel like some of these movies that are a little rougher around the edges, maybe showing life a little bit more, how it really is, how maybe some of these, you know, kind of sinners come back from it. I think those are eye opening, and I think there's a place for them personally, but uh, anyway, so negative one to four waffles. What do you say for Father Stew? I'm going three waffles. Wow. Okay. All right. Marky Mark gets a three waffle. That's a that's a unique thing. Uh, all right. Continuation of the Harry Potter universe. Fantastic Beats Beasts: The Secrets of Dumbledore. And this is the this is the the big prequel to all the Harry Potter stuff uh, with Grindelwald and and Dumbledore and of course uh, Newt Scalamander. So what do we got? Yeah, I think that, you know, we're, we're st- I think that whereas Fantastic Beasts started off as almost more of a different part of the Harry Potter world, you know, like it almost like the Mandalorian. OK, like, you know, we're, we're going to look at something that's part of this world, but we don't really see because we've always been focused in on the main story, which was Harry Potter and all of them. And, and now that is is morphing much like the Mandalorian did 
and morphing into more of a prequel to what has been happening in the Harry Potter world that we like. And and that's where Albus Dumbledore, now played by Jude Law, is starting to come in a little bit more to the fore here. And we're seeing, you know, Newt Scamander or Scamander, um, played by Eddie Redmayne, pushed off to the side. Now he's more of a side character. Mm. This is becoming the Dumbledore story and, and the fight against, against uh, you know, Grindelwald, who is evil, wants to take over the Wizarding World, wants to rule over the Muggles. There's, of course, a lot of Nazi imagery and Nazi themes going on there. And uh, we're watching now our ragtag group of, uh, of, of heroes trying to find a way to save the world. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, I think there's a lot of big special effects. You got a lot of wizarding. I think that, you know, your hardcore Harry Potter fans are going to be very happy. And, and there's a lot of action in here, even if you're not a Harry Potter fan. Uh, but, you know, I, I feel like we're really kind of, I think we're, we're, we're falling into maybe what wasn't always intended for the Fantastic Beast movies. Uh, so I'm going to go two and a half waffles, but I just think that they're, they're getting, I think they're almost being taken over too much by the main Harry Potter story. Okay. And less than 60 seconds here, but I understand we're facing some more wokeism or some other things going on here as well in there that kind of bring it to the forefront. Am I right? Am I wrong? Am I hearing right? Yeah, you know, one of the things that always been, has been alluded to, and, and in this movie is really kind of put right up there, um, the 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 love life of Albus Dumbledore, the homosexual, as he uh, reveals himself to be, uh, because he and Grindelwald had a thing. Oh, geez. Okay. All right. Well, I guess that'll be a negative one to four waffles. What'd you say? Two waffles? Yeah, two and a half. Two and a half. I mean, I think it's a pretty decent movie. Okay. All right. Willie Waffle, wafflemovies.com. Thank you, my friend. As always, a pleasure to speak with you. On Monday, we're going to be speaking with. Uh, well, I can't even remember now. It's been that long. All right, but Monday, we got a guest. I'll post about it later. Folks, thanks for coming in. We uh, love talking to you. We will see you on Monday. Have a great weekend. Be kind. Love one another. Live well. You know, I mean, I know it's Hollywood and I know everybody's got their thing and I just, I don't know. I just, I, I, I don't like to be preached to, man. I hate being preached. I hate, just hate being preachy, you know, but maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's the way of the world. I, I just, I can't, I can't wrap my brain around it. To me, this is still kid stuff. And so it bothers me. Yeah, I think that, you know, this is this is another sign of, um, you know, marketing wokeness to try to make money. And, uh, you know, we, you know, the, the idea that we want to we want to include you and we want to portray you so that you feel like you want to spend your money on us. And, uh, yeah, I think in some ways, you, yeah, there's going to be part of the audience that that says, hey, you know, I just wanted to see my wizarding story. Uh, and I think, you know, the woke warriors are going to argue, well, this is all part of the world anyways. And, you know, why are you offended that he's he's homosexual? And, you know, it, it, yeah, everybody's got their own side in that dispute and then their own feelings about it. Uh, but, yeah, I think, uh, you know, we are seeing seeing much like we've seen the fracturing of of America along political lines and in so many other ways. Uh, it's it's being exacerbated in entertainment it is it is accelerating. And, uh, yeah, I think that, you know, we are now going to be seeing kind of the right wing movies, the left wing movies. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll have Saturday Night Live being the the left wing, uh, you know, uh, fighters for for what. 
this and you know something else will emerge on the right hand side right. and you just, know everyone will just be picking a team right just to be able to divide us more which is frustrating to those of us who are like can't we all just get along you know i mean can't we agree to disagree i don't know it's it's this is one of the reasons why i stay in my house every weekend i don't want to talk to anybody else i'm done talking to people all right um well uh, what do we got next week quickly here Oh, gosh. Well, next week, next week, it is going to be the Nicolas Cage movie, The Unbearable Weight of a Massive Talent. I can't wait. I can't wait. This will be fun. Willie Waffle, thank you, my friends. Folks, we're out of time. We will see you on Monday. shed our terrestrial radio skin and now we are slimy lizard internet people it's the michael duke show